of the Televoid. I'm one of your hosts, Mara Kate Elliott, and I am joined, as always, by my lovely co-host, Latoya Ferguson. Hey, Latoya. A hospital isn't a place for lazy people. A hospital is a place for smart people who take care of people who aren't smart enough to keep themselves healthy. But we all have brains, and brains are messy things filled with jelly. And although jelly is sweet, it made me do a silly thing. Cat Black, Children's Hospital. Now I have another quote. You guys excited? Of course you are. No, 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 no. Anyone but her. Not Janie Briggs. Guys, she's got glasses and a ponytail. Oh, look at that. She's got paint on her overalls. What is that? Guys, there's no way she could be prom queen. Jake Skyler, not another teen movie. <laughs> hey, Latoya. <laughs> and we are joined by special returning guest, she's not Ellie Monroe. Special. What's up, Ellie? <laughs> hi, Maura. <laughs> not hi to Latoya. Thanks for that lovely intro. <laughs> Opposite of hi. <laughs> and this week, we watched the amazingly ridiculous Crazy Anatomy musical episode, <laughs> season 7, episode 18, Song Beneath the Song. Now, I loved it. I am upset. <laughs> Me and Latoya do not watch Grey's Anatomy. Allie, you do. I do. I watch it. I watch it so hard. You're just watching it. I'm sure that's one of the tabs you have open is Grey's Anatomy. <laughs> no, it was Daredevil. Mm-hmm. I have Daredevil open. I have a Funnier Die test tube thing open. I have a Hulu thing open. And I have Twitter this open. This is the problem. Appreciate I appreciate the, the transparency, Allie. But, uh, so, so this, this episode in particular, I, I, I don't know how long, I don't know how to really go through this episode like we normally do, because nothing really happens. I can I go through it. You say that all the time, more, and it's never right. But this is true, so though. So many only... garbage things happen in this dumb episode. Well, the, I mean, like, okay, things do happen, but there's only one single, like, issue the whole episode. There were so many like... issues in this episode. Oh, no. <laughs> like, it's just songs. It's all singing about the same thing. They get in a car accident. That's it. God damn it, Maura. <laughs> I like there was like eight somehow, I guess on. I'm going to have to lead the discussion, and that no, makes me well, even I, angrier. I, I will only say that because I've seen this show, at least, I've seen like six or seven episodes, and then my sister watches it mm. near constantly, so I see a lot of it in like the background. So usually but, for this show, it's juggling like 30 plots at once, which in this episode, it's just uh, Arizona gets in a car accident. I disagree well, with no, that so much. in a car accident. <laughs> Well, isn't Arizona the one that crashes the car? Oh, yeah. yeah yes, yeah. but Callie's the one who gets injured. But yeah, there's also, you know, all of the Arizona Mark stuff. And then there's also Emeritus' uh, whole thing about wanting to have a baby. And then there's Christina's thing about not being able to take orders, basically. There's things happening in this episode. And I yeah. hate that I know that there are things happening in this episode because <laughs> I've now watched it twice in my life. <laughs> but I, I, yeah, I agree. I definitely, there's stuff that goes on, but it all relates back to one core plot, which is, I think, uncommon for the show. No, least. that's really common for the show. They really? They voiceover, and then that's oh, yeah, there's the also the, the Lexi episode. Jackson Mark stuff, too. Oh, God. Ugh. Well, anyway, so stuff does happen. So, I'm so yes, I'm going to lead this conversation, I guess. Thanks a lot, Maura. <laughs> so, woke up in a car, Kelly goes through a windshield, blah, blah, blah. We <laughs> just... Jump okay. right into the damn episode because I was curious I, I, from the beginning. Here, I, I, I will take lead because I'm so worried for your sanity <laughs> as well as my own. But I guess now yeah. yours. Yes. And honestly, I, my first note was for Callians Arizona is that I just know they're lesbians. But apparently, I know so much more about this show than I ever wanted to know. Me too. I don't know why I know this much either. I don't, I've only seen yeah. six episodes. Laura and I were talking about this uh, before. We were surprised by how much we know about Grey's Anatomy, considering just never watching it and going like going out of our way not to watch it basically and yet we know so much that's how like entrenched in the 
pop cultural lexicon this show is really that i know way too much about it people who are super big fans of it tend to proselytize about it a lot like yeah Allie. Yeah. <laughs> thank you for for heading that up but like even someone who like i my sister who has come up more than once on the show is someone who is very I, mean, I would say ambivalent towards most tv at large unless it's something she's really interested in watching she still will be like you should watch this show it's great where she doesn't really do that with other shows she watches because there's something about this show that just, like, it breeds people who are just obsessive and, like, defensive about the show. Which it's that Shonda if you're not Power. A fan of, Shonda yeah. Power. And if you're not a fan of it, it just comes across comes across as completely, like, off-putting. But I, it, 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 it seeps in because there's always somebody watching it in the background at some point. And we're like, you know, every, if you've ever been on, like, Tumblr or even if you just follow pop culture blogs, it's just everywhere at some point where it's just, like... Callie in Arizona, or Derek and Meredith, and like I know the full cast, including some nicknames, and I've never seen beyond the, the six episodes that were the beginning of the first season. And wait, you most were of those able characters... to stop watching if you watched the first season in order? Yeah, I stopped around six or it's seven. It's not maybe? a good show. <laughs> I didn't have a good time. I liked the first couple episodes; they were fine, but I just kind of got bored with it because I'm not a big fan of. I'm a very squeamish person, so. The medical element of it was not enough to keep me there. Because the only medical show I've watched all the way through, well, two, I guess, technically, is um, uh, ER. Even that I stopped eventually, but I watched it for a long time. And then I watched most of House, but House is a little bit less gory. Yeah, I'd say House and Scrubs. And Scrubs, Scrubs, Scrubs. But I didn't even consider Scrubs. Wait, both of you think House is better than Grey's Anatomy? I don't think better, but... Did I ever say that? No. Because I've insulted House... A, a lot. I do like House though, but I, I think House just aligns more to my like procedural element of of TV watching than Grey's Anatomy does. That's Grey's Anatomy is a little too serialized for me to get involved when it's about medicine and drama and relationships. Uh, we all know the fun. best hospital show anyway is Children's Hospital. So what's the point? Yes, yes yeah, that's true. But so anyway, so th- so we're coming to this from a very different mindset than you are, Allie. <laughs> you are one of those people who are obsessed with it. I I assume, right? Yeah. Well, yes and no. Here's no. <laughs> Where's the no? <laughs> time, every time I go through like a hard time in my life, I start rewatching Grey's Anatomy, but I actually have only seen up to season five. <laughs> really? Yeah, because I keep not making it through. I actually made it through the hump on my last rewatch of season four, which is one of the worst seasons of any show I've ever seen. <laughs> but then, and then season five is pretty good, and then. I just, and I do, I always think to myself, one day I'll finish Grey's Anatomy, and then I don't. And Because instead, because every time I take a break from watching Grey's Anatomy, you can't just pick up where you leave off, because yeah. then you miss all the good parts. What good parts? Seasons one and two are really good, and I stand I enjoyed one. I actually I stopped when it was still probably decent. Like, it was still, I could probably have kept going and found more to like, but I just was like, you know, this is going to get more and more absurd based on, because I started watching it like a full two or three seasons delayed where everybody had already kind of almost fell out of love with it because after I think season three a lot of people started not necessarily rage quitting it but like drifting away because it kept getting more and more absurd until obviously this is season seven we're watching now this is crazy this is a straight up crazy episode of television it was like something you would see from a Brian Murphy I mean that's not like a this isn't really like a typical episode of Grey's Anatomy really <laughs> okay, well, I thought, that's good to hear. Uh, this least, whole time but... I thought Grey's Anatomy was like Glee, so that could be my problem, honestly. 
Well, no, it does come I mean, across even though, I mean, in most show musical episodes are just like a show, typical show episode plus music. Yeah, yeah. It's well, not good. And this one is <laughs> No. This one's, well, so we should say, yeah. it starts out with Callie going through a windshield, mm-hmm. and, and Callie is severely injured. Arizona is honestly, like, freaking the fuck out. She is in shock. And well, then we have a Why a, would you a voice... not be in shock? I'm not saying well, that you wouldn't be in shock. I'm just describing doctor, what happened in, in the scene. <laughs> God damn it, Allie. The... But she is an emergency doctor. You'd think that she'd be a little more. She's not, like, like soulless, Mora. She just proposed to her. Yeah. But yeah. I'm trying to get to the actual, like, All right. crazy part <laughs> of the the thing is the voiceover, which it's not from Meredith this time, is it? It's from uh, Callie? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah and Callie. that whatever that voiceover is, it's basically doomsday terrifying shit and Sir Ramirez should never do another voiceover for the show as long as it's on basically it's not good it's really it's not some good. like ominous quote basically of like life is life is fleeting and nothing matters yeah <laughs> something it's terrible really like that awful and then you I didn't sh- pay attention it was just dark. I didn't even quote any of it because I was just the whole time I'm in awe of how like disturbing it was. It was very disturbing. That's why the Ryan Murphy vibes were strong in this episode because she's twitching on the on the after the windshield has shattered. She's gone through it and she's lying on the uh, uh, hood of the car, face first down, just like twitching there, completely like cut up and gross. And it was just it was a very upsetting image. And it's shot, like, really creepily. Like, it's on, like, a soundstage or something because it's, the lights are unnatural. Even though it's obviously supposed to be them physically driving a car. The whole the whole element of it all, which it comes back to later on, feels very unnatural. Because it's supposed to be kind of almost like a musical. Well, it is a musical. <laughs> but, like, it's supposed to be like you're watching a musical, like, play. Instead of just, like, you're watching people singing in the regular, you know, Grey's Anatomy universe. But, yeah, so then, yeah. but meanwhile at the hospital, <laughs> which Sloan that's is... the only way they could have done a musical episode. Yeah, that is probably true because it doesn't seem it, it still doesn't make any sense. But at least it they was... did rip it from Scrubs, but that's it's <laughs> almost it's almost shot for shot like they were trying to be Scrubs at times. It's a little crazy, but so Sloane is bragging about being Michelangelo, which is really awkward because does anyone call him Sloane? <laughs> Oh, is it not? It, is his name, his name is yeah, Mark no, Sloan. Right. It's Mark Sloan. Okay. It's that's fine. Yeah, I yeah, but Mark or, I don't think anyone's ever called him. <laughs> no, just yeah, I mean, Mark. No, people within the show call him Sloan. So Mark or McSteamy, right? Is yeah. That other? Okay, so Sloan. Well, McSteamy. He brags about being Michelangelo in the surgery room, and which is just the way. Uh, and then Meredith comes in, and the way she tries to approach the subject. It's kind of like a shy schoolgirl is like what I have in my notes, and it's like, yeah. dude, it's been seven seasons. Like, yeah, not yeah. the fuck up at this point. Well, I guess she's kind of, I think, I thought she was waiting until he stopped in the middle of surgery. Like, he didn't freak out and, like, cut somebody but, by accident. Like, he was done. He was just talking about how great he was. Oh, I didn't notice that part. So, that, that's good to know. So, so, she she stands at the door, basically. Like, she knows that they've been in a car accident, and he's he's the father of the child that's in Cali, which becomes a whole plot point in a second. But, so he's, he's, like, bragging about how everything's great and he's perfect and then she's got to interrupt him with, like, probably some of the worst news he'll ever hear. And, um, everybody at the hospital decides to just stop doing their jobs and then worry about what's going on with Callie because they're all just, like, standing around not, like, being doctors. Yeah. yeah I felt was really weird. Is that a common thing? Yeah. It happens all the time. <laughs> awful doctor. This hospital is garbage. Why can't we ever watch a show where people ha- are, like, proficient at their jobs? I mean, 
uh, it, it doesn't even come across as like a matter of just like the show being heightened and ridiculous. It seems like this is something that like, they have almost like a protocol for it, where they're all standing around like with their arms up, ready to start you know work. I'm like, these are all people that should be probably taking care of like children and like sick other people, and it just like they're just throwing that to the side because. Their buddy's been in a car accident. I mean, also, but, uh, it yeah. feels like this whole episode, supposedly their best doctors are all so focused on this. Is no one else really getting treated? Yeah. And also, doesn't this happen constantly? I know this is all about Callie, but I thought, like, people in the show get in serious injury, like, car accidents and stuff, like, once a week. But uh, I guess maybe it's a little like bit three less... times a year. Yeah. So, does they, do they just So the one episode with, like, week? the pull-through person, that was a rare occasion? No, I no, because that's a patient. But I would say like the doctor. Oh, you're, you're saying Grace them? Okay, yeah. Or yeah. someone that's important to a doctor of Seattle Grace gets hurt like three times a year. And it's just like, at what point do one these people stop working there? Everyone's constantly in danger, or just like maybe decide to not stop doing what they're doing at all times because it's that frequent a thing. Like, yeah, it just seems very un- unethical for them to just drop things and then what run off and help. But I didn't know there was a baby until they, they talk about the baby later on, so that was kind of upsetting. They they, t- they tell everybody that she's been pregnant, and dun, 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 the baby might not make it because it was a very serious car accident. Yeah. And everyone's instantly, like, very upset. I do like, unlike Nip Tuck, which we've seen before, there's no qualm about saying it's unethical for you to try and, you know, perform surgery on your, uh, I guess, soon-to-be wife and then mother of your child. So both Mark and Arizona are forced to just stand in the operating room and just observe and not say anything, mm-hmm. which is not how Nip Tuck dealt with that. <laughs> Nip Tuck was just like, grab a scalpel. What, what are ethics? <laughs> yeah, what are ethics? But then it, it's all downhill from here because Sarah Ramirez yeah. starts singing Chasing Cars, which would be lovely in any other instance. What my favorite thing about the Grey's Anatomy musical episode is, <laughs> A, that they didn't write songs for it. Yes. And B, that they just took songs that were emotionally resonant from seasons one and two and no oh, later. Oh, did they? That's, yeah, that's all they did. That's because that's when people cared about the show. Yeah. I knew Chasing Cars was using the show, but I thought Oh, you, like... didn't, you didn't know the whole thing was from the show already? I knew that that one had been used, but I thought they just used it a lot or something. Mm-hmm. But I didn't know that everything from the show was from different parts of the show, no. Yeah, Every that's another sense. thing I know about Grey's Anatomy. All of these songs <laughs> are from, like, previous episodes. Oh, the man. one that's, like, they... One of them was really weird, because they used... All of them a... were really weird. They were all really weird, no, to be uh, Obviously, all those songs are, like, poor choices for a musical episode, but one in particular was really weird, because it's, like, a song that Meredith and Derek have, like, reuniting sex to. <laughs> and it's during, uh, like, a... I think they used it during the scene where were there, like, everyone's fucking? on the operating table. Oh, no. Oh, my God. <laughs> yes. <laughs> It's the song Grace by Kate Havnick. Mm-hmm. Oh my god. And like, Lovely. I know, I know the music from Grace Anatomy better than I know anything else in my life. <laughs> I do enjoy usually their song choice, because I remember that from even like when the first, or two, first two seasons were coming out. Mm-hmm. I was always like, oh, I actually like these songs, which is not always something you associate with like a melodrama on ABC about medical students. Maybe you don't. Yeah. Hmm. But so... so this yeah. scene begins with everybody singing Chasing Cars. Then, I, my notes were just like, I already hate it. Yeah, <laughs> Sarah Ramirez is singing, and then Kevin McKinn starts singing, and then they're all I harmonizing. 
I had to pause because I was laughing at him just starting to stay I, with me. I was, I was cracking ha- up. I was at least happy that he was not terrible. Like he was, he's he's a good singer. But then it's just like now they're all harmonizing. It was awful. It's amazing that they only like I mean only like four people out of like one of the biggest casts on television had any songs. Mm-hmm. It, That's it, because like they a... are they specifically went into acting, not singing. That yeah, people shouldn't just assume the... that if you have a TV cast, well, possible musical. The Ooh. two lines that Ellen Pompeo sings in How to Save a Life are the highlight of the whole episode for me. <laughs> you have a problem. <laughs> Well, um, but yeah, so the, honestly, the medical stuff does not matter because they're all just singing. Hey, she's A positive. Yeah. We're singing, chasing cars. And then everyone just carts her off. And then. And we should, I want to say, too, the way that they're singing is not a traditional musical either. They're singing as if no one else can hear them singing. And no, so. It, it doesn't make sense if it's in uh, Callie's subconscious or not because she. Uh, if she's her subconscious is imagining the sex song, yeah. then I don't know what's going on in that fucking head of hers. It really doesn't make any sense because, like, they're projecting. It's like "Stay with Me." It's all it's like really weird stuff to be singing and not even like looking into the camera or doing. It's just like they're 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 trying to like get her blood pressure. It's and they're pretty interesting that they, they were able to sing Sam Smith's "Stay with Me" before it was even a song. Oh yeah, well, he, <laughs> he he says "Stay with me, Torres." Like screams it at her. I think it's supposed to be like a lyric from Chasing Cars, just taken out of context. I, it's not scream. a lyric from Chasing Cars. Oh, is it not? Well, I don't even know what. I, I just remember putting that down. It's like, what is even happening? He's just yelling at her all... to stay with him. Oh, God, stay awful. with me, Torres. Wow, which is like the most like, I think like, cliched a... medical thing possible. Oh, I know. We're losing her. Stay with me, damn it. They You're saying Ellie? a lot. It's <laughs> really bad. And and this is the point where the, this song doesn't even fit the situation. None of the songs. It's fucking. The next song is two a.m. breathing. That doesn't fit any damn situation that's happening here. That's the song we use in the bomb episode. God damn it. <laughs> well, okay, once we get to each scene with each song, you have to tell us exactly what episode it was from. But, like, why would you make an entire goddamn musical episode on a show that does not normally seem like they would have a musical episode about songs that don't even fit? This show, easily, you could fit some songs in there that, that make sense. Any song about drama and people dying, which is, like, like at least 50% of songs, you know, <laughs> you can find something. Instead, they pick stuff about, like, 2 a.m. and blah, blah, blah. It's like, this doesn't make any sense. <laughs> this girl's about to die. I, a I love her. You just your knowledge of music. You're welcome. <laughs> but yeah, like, at so, one point, yeah, later on they, they start they start doing the fetal heartbeat stuff. Well, I, w- it's cr- I, I was just gonna close out the act basically where yeah. they leave Arizona behind. And she says, uh, basically, I asked her to marry me, and a truck came out of nowhere. And I'm just like, at that point, I'm thinking someone should be checking on Arizona. You don't need to put all your goddamn doctors on Cali right now. Arizona mm-hmm. is in deep, 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 deep shock. Nope. Yeah. But it has nothing to do with music, so they don't care. No, not even. They don't even address that the entire episode. She's just fine. She walks away from it absolutely fine. But uh, I guess she had her she had her seatbelt on, so I guess technically she could have been better. Yes, off, but, you know. fucking doctor didn't put on her seatbelt. <laughs> oh god. 
And so like the pregnant doctor didn't put on her seatbelt. Pregnant doctor. Oh, I don't even have time. <laughs> but so there's another scene next after that with the fetal heartbeat, which is upsetting because she's got the little baby inside. They're they're trying to see if she's alive, and so there's like a lot of drama about but, being really quiet so they can hear it. But that's not cr- important because Kyler Lee is now singing "Breathe" two a.m. What does that have to do with a fetal heartbeat? trying to be heard faintly it's not about it it's about her her situation with mark and jackson right and it's just terrible that they would just completely co-op that for a completely unrelated song that song's not about a love triangle no it's not and we also here's the other thing about that song is it's also not about kyle chandler holding on to a bomb and exploding (laughs) which is when it was previously used so i hate this show (laughs) It's my favorite show in the whole world. <laughs> uh, so then we the get girl whose favorite show is Grey's Anatomy who never watched Saved by the Goddamn Bell. Oh my god. So Sloane Sloan is then crying in a stairwell, which is just like, you don't have to know. Like, Oh, wait, wait, we have to build up to this because it has the worst piece of acting I've ever seen from Kyler Lee in my entire yes. life. Well, she's singing the Just Breathe song in the ho- walking in down the hallway. In the hallway, and it's great. And this is this is exactly where the logistics of the episode disappear because at this point she's leaving and she's heading to Mark in the staircase and there's no way Callie's subconscious could know what's going on there. And she walks to the staircase and she sees him and he's like, I, I know you probably hate me. And she says in the worst line reading humanly possible, I don't hate you. And that I- was... I love that you said that, Latoya, because my other note for that is just, like, if this is regular dialogue, it's all terrible. <laughs> because this is, that was... She says it, like... Okay. She's been singing. She's been singing the whole time. So then she, like, try. I think it's maybe because either the way they're shooting it's different than they normally shoot because it's, they're trying to give the musical feel. Or it's just maybe she was so used to singing those dialogue lines, then she suddenly switches to regular, I don't hate you. It's just, like, it, it's the way her voice switches you. off. It's It's, like... Well, he's, like, crying. Uh, Eric Dane's crying. And then she's like, I don't hate you. Like, that. it's like she's been singing and she doesn't know how to turn it off. And it just sounds Again, insane. This is the worst acting I've ever seen from Kyler Lee. And I saw every episode she was on in Seventh Heaven, as well as all two episodes of Girls Club. Jesus Christ. And I also <laughs> want to point out that Kyler Lee is not a bad singer, but they fucking... Like auto tune, auto correct her to shit to the point she oh, sounds. Everybody. It's terrifying. Yeah, they all sound scary, and she's like walking alone down a hallway, like staring into space. So it even sounds like like threatening. Like the way she's <laughs> singing, it's just like two a.m. It's just like scary. What, what are your thoughts, Allie? <laughs> um. Yeah. I mean, here's like one of the greatest. <laughs> like conundrums I've faced in my life is like whether or not I think Grey's Anatomy is a genuinely good show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's your struggle. It's a constant <laughs> struggle for me. Where do you fall? I, and I think about it a lot. I think it is. I'll be totally honest with you. It's not. Mm-hmm. It's certainly not the best written show I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. But I think it is well written because it does like keep. It does what it's trying to do, which is like. Not this episode. This episode, <laughs> there's absolutely no way to say that it's well-written. Okay. But <laughs> you, guys, you guys haven't seen any of, like, or Mora has, I guess, but you haven't seen, like, any of the, like, good episodes of Grace. What the show could be. Yeah. And, like, yeah. you haven't seen Addison. 
She's the best have. ever. Oh well, yeah. I specifically, I was never going to watch the show. I specifically watched the backdoor pilot and the entire first season of private practice specifically for her. <laughs> yeah. She's in this episode too, right? Yes. Yeah, she is. Yeah. I thought, is she, is she already at private practice at this point? Yes. Yeah, she is. Oh, so she just came back because it was an emergency. Yes. That's nice. <laughs> I thought but that, but I wasn't sure. She specifically is their uh, prenatal doctor. Yeah. Oh, so it, it makes a little more sense. That she, that's good. Well, it, it makes as this... much sense as it possibly can for her to fly all the way back to Seattle. Yeah. In like a second, but whatever. Because <laughs> she's there like that night. Come like one soundstage over to have a yeah. brief. <laughs> Walking down the block. Mm-hmm. Uh, so next scene, the wedding planners, Justin Chambers, checks on Arizona. That's the only, that's the oh, only but, way I'm going well, to refer that, to him. I want to mention too, Marcus, when he's crying, he's like, shoot my best friend. <laughs> so I was like, god damn it. Uh, okay, uh... Allie, I think you can honestly explain this to me. What is the baby situation? So is it a surrogate for Mark? No, it's, um, Callie decides that she wants to have kids. Mm -hmm. And then, um, Arizona, even though she's a pediatrician surgeon, Mm -hmm. doesn't want to have kids. And then Callie's like, I don't think I can be with you anymore Mm -hmm. because I want to have kids. And then they break up. And, um, then, but Mark... Callie's by, and mm-hmm. um, Callie and Mark used to hook up a lot, and they're good friends. And um, she's his best friend. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and yeah. so she she sleeps with him whenever she's going through like a rough time. Mm-hmm. Understandable. As you do. Yeah. Who wouldn't? I mean, Eric Dane <laughs> is a shell of what he once looked like, but still. <laughs> Even Allegedly. A shell of what Eric Dane once looked like is still like We're all hermit crabs, let's be real. Yeah. <laughs> so, um she sleeps with Mark and then gets pregnant by accident. But then keeps the baby. Okay. Because she wanted the baby. And then mm-hmm. she gets back together with Arizona and Arizona's like not jazzed that it's Mark's baby. She would rather it have been she would First of all, rather not be a mom, and then second of all, rather it have been, like, a random surrogate. And how does Lexi feel about this whole situation? Lexi and Mark broke up. I'm, like, kind well, of... Well, obviously they broke up, but still <laughs> there's something there. Yeah. Uh, so, I think I'm right about all of this surrogacy stuff, but honestly, I'm not positive. No, I think, <laughs> it, I think the episode itself kind of stands up to hold... Like, I think they mentioned very briefly something about, like... Mark's the father, and this is why, blah, blah. But it's always really vague. It, I, we didn't have the full details like you just told us, which is good to know. So, <laughs> so she's, so she, he's, obviously, he's, like, there, like, sobbing, and just like, she's my best friend, which is just like, God damn it, Mark. And then they cut to, like you said before, Arizona is crying as well with uh, Justin, which they're, I don't know, I don't oh, know Alex. anything about Justin at all. He's, he's just wedding planner Justin Chambers, that's all you need to know. Oh, okay. <laughs> I keep getting really confused when you call him Justin. Why? Is it someone else's Well, name? that's not his character name. Oh, okay. I don't know. I seriously don't know. <laughs> I was calling him by his Justin. government name, the wedding planner <laughs> Justin Chambers. <laughs> Calm down, U.S. government. <laughs> All right. So then, then we get Kate Walsh. Kate Walsh shows up and it's great. She's well, he's gonna and... see. He actually—it's pretty good too. Uh, before, um, no but black old doctor. What's his name? Black dude doctor who's not Isaiah Washington. Yeah, yeah it's, like, I don't it's know. Um, Chief Weber. Yeah, he kicks everyone out who's not being useful, which is good. 
And then, because I don't think we're at the helicopter scene yet uh, for Addison. Because I have a lot to talk about once we get there. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And and still, again, he gets all about, I'm like, every patient in this hospital is screwed because none of the doctors care about them. No, not, not even a little bit. They care only about each other. Like, no, well, because all of the uh, patients at Seattle Grace Hospital are just metaphors for things that are going on in the lives of the doctors there. Of course. They're are you proud of yourself people. for that one? They're not real people. <laughs> uh, yeah, I am proud of myself for that one. I've used it before. <laughs> so we're back to Kyler Lee awkwardly singing at Eric Dane for some reason. Uh, but it... Cause it even after she said, I don't hate you, the song didn't stop. She just kept singing at him, which is, <laughs> makes it even weirder, honestly. And he's like, boo-hoo's my best friend. And then then we get the helicopter scene. And, and all caps in my notes are like, this is how bad the show is. And I'm not talking about the green screen. I was just talking about the entire scene between the wedding planners, Justin Chambers, and Rachel Taylor. Who I was at least happy was in this episode. Because if I'm going to watch this garbage, at least Rachel Taylor, who I adore, is in this episode. I just realized why you've been calling him the wedding planner. <laughs> God damn it, Mora. I thought it was the wedding planner for the for Arizona and Cali. I just realized you mean the wedding planner with J-Lo and Matthew McConaughey. And Justin Chambers. Okay. Wow, that was a slow burn. I hope everybody else was in the scene with me. Okay, so, so yeah. Are so, you proud uh, of yourself right now, Mora? I'm not proud at all. It's the opposite of pride. I should have known that. But so, uh, so Kate Walsh shows up to take care of things. And the baby and starts having contractions. Addison immediately tells Rachel Taylor she's a shitty doctor after telling Sarah Drew she's a shitty doctor. And it's just yeah. basically her telling actresses Everybody. I love they're shitty doctors. It's pretty great. And the baby starts having contractions. <laughs> or she starts going into contractions for the baby to be born. Guess what? And- There's a hole in the baby's heart. Yeah, and the lungs are I, I, I wouldn't typically laugh, but the line is literally, <laughs> she has a hole in her heart. That's literally uh, the lie. The first time. Oh my god, one time? I don't remember what episode it <laughs> one, is. One other hole it was in the heart. There's a it. few, but one time Meredith's like, she literally, like, one time there's a line of dialogue where Meredith's like, crying maybe, and says like, she literally has a hole in her heart. <laughs> And it's like it's definitely like a like a metaphor for her relationship with her mom. I think <laughs> so. Is like is 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 to serve their metaphorical needs. Is the Niku at Seattle Grace just like Swiss cheese? Like I don't understand. Like why is this like a running thing? Is holes in hearts are supposed to be uncommon, right? Not in Seattle oh, Grace. Oh oh oh! I remember the episode. <laughs> it's what, not in it? the Niku. It's um someone left a towel. <laughs> Like, Isaiah Washington accidentally leaves a towel in a patient. Oh, I remember that. Is yeah. that early on? And then Meredith accidentally punctures a heart with her nail. <laughs> What's wrong with these people? Episode. Why are they the worst? Is that one of the first episodes? It is. I think it might be, like, it's actually, I think it's, like, the sixth episode, probably. Okay. I think I saw that one. But, yeah. That's when I stopped. I, think, I honestly think I stopped after that episode. But like I was saying, she has a hole in her heart. And then Kevin McKinn starts singing. And then I realize he sounds like Elton John and says, how we operate. And I want to vomit over everything. 
And and then the lungs, uh, we should say that uh, Callie's lungs aren't stable enough for yeah. her to deliver, so they can't, it's kind of like a catch-22. Yeah. They could either get the baby or her. And me- so then we have all the doctors yeah. yelling over each but other. But meanwhile, while like Kevin McKinnon, uh, some pe- doctors are like working on her, you have Meredith and Christina and the wedding planners, Justin Chambers, just sitting outside, and they show them, and they're just talking about nothing. Meredith brings up like the baby shower thing, like she's a stupid baby shower because she's Meredith. And they're shooting the shit. Like, take care of patients. Yeah, it's weird. And take care of Scott Foley. And they're yelling over each other with, like, you know, calm, calm down, get straight, all that stuff. I, this is, I, my notes are just like, this is trash. I don't even remember most of what went on. And, just... and now we have another song, which is Sandra Wilson, Sarah Drew, and Kyler Lee singing Wait. So, like, there's boom, boom. And yeah. all of a sudden, so, Jesse I mean, Williams is here as being hot as fuck. And that's all that matters. Yeah. Even the other actors at this point look like they hate themselves and they hate each other. It does not look like they're having a good time singing. Like, some shows when they do musicals, even if it's, like, a begrudging musical where it's, like, a Buffy where people either don't like what their voice sounds like, like Alison Hannigan, or it's mostly a dramatic read where, you know, Dawn is about to die or whatever. So there's, there's serious beats here where it's, like, they're supposed to look, like, grim. Yeah. These pe- I mean, they're supposed to be grim in this situation, but for the most part, they're, like, having conversations with each other. And it doesn't really match up with the way that they're singing. And it just it feels very unnatural and and bizarre, to be honest. But so in this other scene too, I I, I don't remember when this happens, but at some point in my notes I have that Justin says, or someone says, "You can be the godmother, Susan." I think Meredith says it to Susan, like they're arguing over who'd be the godmother of Callie's child. She's like, "You can be the godmother, Susan." And then Justin Chambers says, "If there's a baby to be godmother of," I was like, "What the fuck? Not the time or the place, Justin Chambers." That's his shtick. That's actually shtick is being a heartless monster. Yeah, I mean, he uh... has a hole in his heart. <laughs> okay. He's a heartless monster, and then he like gets better, and then he gets worse, and then he gets better. Like that's like his. So he's going through that's a really rough great writing. Time he's useless now. He's useless. So he takes it out on the people around him. That's healthy. They should definitely want to work with him. Because I'm sure he's a a great doctor. Oh, wait, no. They sent him away because he was being useless. He can't be a great doctor. Yeah. So why is he part of it? Okay, so yeah, why is he still around? Yeah. He retook it and he passed. God damn it. So in this scene, when everyone... The is still (laughs) passing. God damn it. So this scene... We're getting about to the scene with the wait song, but before that too, there's another scene where Sloane is yelling, "Like, what's her life gonna be like if she yeah. wakes up without the baby?" Arizona and, and Mark are like just arguing, honestly. And then she's like, "Well, what's gonna happen if she wakes up dead?" I'm like, "You're a doctor." Wait, like, isn't it opposite? I don't know. Is it? I think it's that. Wait, what? Really? What did you say? What's her life gonna be like if she wakes up without the baby? And then what's her I life gonna be like if she wakes up Arizona. dead? Yeah, that was and definitely then, Arizona because oh, yeah, yeah. then he's like, "You never wanted this baby." Blah 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 blah. Oh and no, yeah, but uh, so I might have said that wrong. But so, but he says that I'm like, well, "You're a doctor. You don't say wake up dead. That's not even a sentence. Like, what are you talking about?" <laughs> but it, then we, uh, that's then he's like, "I'm the father. Baby. You're not anything. You're nothing." Yeah, I'm the father. I'm the father! All those drugs, <laughs> allegedly. Just making him so This is my ragey. family. Blah, blah, blah. And it's just, you're nothing. All these terrible lines where it was just... And then, as if it wasn't already, like, weird enough what the whole subconscious thing was, what the deal was for this episode, we get a flashback slash dream of pre-car crash. And... That was 
insane. Like this was already <laughs> this was already a bad episode, but when it went to that point, it was like that's when the LSD kicked in and everyone was like lost their minds. And then it just got like fucking insane the whole episode. Yeah. Because okay, we have Callie just talking about like how you're gonna propose, blah 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 blah, blah. and then you have Arizona in this whatever this is saying put on your seatbelt like she keeps basically screaming put on your seatbelt but of course this pregnant doctor didn't put on her seatbelt and that's why she's like this and then we are (laughs) running on sunshine people and this is where everyone's fucking yeah i was already kind of speechless about how little they cared about this like dying mother and friend and baby but once they all start fucking while she's like basically about to like like code out well, on the table is just the most insane thing I've ever seen. I actually have a theory about this. Oh, there's a theory. Because that... <laughs> I thought I thought about that, and what I think happened is that they wanted to do the musical episode, and then that was the very first scene they thought of, and then they were yeah. unwilling to let go, even though like this story did not call for it. You say they, but you need to like give all credit to Shonda Rhimes. This is her monster. <laughs> mo- yeah, this is her no, like, I do masterpiece. Mean yeah, and I think so- that the whole episode was built around. I think her this being like, I want people to fuck to running on sunshine while singing. I feel like the scene was a deleted scene from Crossroads. <laughs> Yeah, it really, it's, uh, the, well, okay, we should say this song is the Jesus Jackson song, Girl, you got me tripping on sunshine. It's, like, horrifying and not what you want to hear people singing while someone's dying in the next room. But they all, like, they're, like, banging at the hospital, for God's sakes. Like, it was Like, crazy. Scott Foley and Kim Raver are just getting it on in a hospital I bed. Said, I forgot, so I couldn't think of his name when I took my notes. So How could you Noel not Crane. think of Scott Foley's name? I said no Crane. a <laughs> patient. <laughs> But so he's, they're all like, like banging. And I guess apparently Justin Chambers and Rachel Taylor are a thing. That's how I learned it from this musical number. Yeah, their friend is like on life support in a coma and and they're all just banging. And Eric Dane is like sleeping on Kyler Lee's lap. So basically she's missing out on Jesse Williams, like singing sexily to her. So she loses, she's the loser of this episode, Kyler Lee. (laughs) Yes, agreed. She's the loser of a lot of episodes. <laughs> uh, so they lower the sedation. I don't hate you. Oh my god. They lower the sedation on Callie to check her neurofunction. This is my notes. It's terrible. And so they have her squeeze her hand if she can move a finger or any of that kind of stuff. Uh, and I, this is the point where my notes, I also said, is like, rip all other patients that were there during those 48 hours because they, they're all banging. Anytime that they're not in there, like, only... But I can't even Callie. tell if the banging was real or not because I don't know the, the logic of this whole episode of television. I, I'm assuming it was real. It was real. I mean, it felt real. <laughs> I don't know. But why so, would Kelly know this? No, I don't know. I have no idea. But so... It's also, I mean, it's like, there's so little connection to, like, there's so little through line of this episode where it's like, that's why I feel so strongly that, like, Shonda Rhimes had a few key concepts, figured out a way to do it, maybe after she watched that episode of Scrubs. Mm-hmm. And then because it should... was like, I don't care that these don't match up logically. At all. Yeah. yeah. Here's the thing. This episode makes sense if you just go with the idea that this is in Cali's subconscious and then you play to those rules. This episode never does that at all, and it makes zero sense. Well, it starts to, and then it goes away. Then it yeah. starts to, and then it goes away. So you can't ever really get firm ground on that. 
because it's it could be, but it could also not be. Yeah. Like I'm saying too, like all those patients that were there during that 48 hours when she was on life support, they're either banging in in medical closets or they're attending strictly to Cali. That's it. So like those people were all dead. Like absolutely dead if they were that like. That can be said about pop. almost any episode of the show. <laughs> That's horrible, though. I find that they're so the worst people in the world. Yeah, they're monsters. Oh, Let's see the next uh, uh, scene. I literally put in my notes: uh, science talk, citation needed, because they were just talking nonsense at a certain point. That was the lower of the sedation and mm-hmm. check neurofunction. Yeah, yeah and then uh, Kim Raver hits Christina with a zing, which is "I am the head of cardio, not your husband." And I was like, "Damn, girl." And so, uh, because Arizona... we should probably explain why that's even a thing in the first place. Uh, oh, pretty yeah. much, uh, Christina doesn't want to listen to Kim Raver's uh, choices. Pretty much, even though she's her boss, and then she's like, she goes to Kevin McKidd trying to get him to like talk around it. It's like, no, you have to start listening to me if you want me to be your mentor or whatever you said. I have some yeah. fun backstory on this. For oh, everyone. there's fun backstory from Allie. Please. Do you remember when Isaiah Washington called T.R. Knight? Yes. Um, that the yes. slur. Yeah. So he got written off in like yes. a typical Shonda Rhimes way in like where his character he had like a horrible write off. And so he lost the ability to control his hand. Mm-hmm. And then Christina had to start helping him with a lot of his surgery. So she had to like learn so even though she was an intern, she was doing like surgeries as the head of cardio. Mm-hmm. She was doing his surgeries for him. So she was, like, way more advanced than everyone else during this time because she got to do all these surgeries. And then Isaiah Washington gets written off, and then Kevin McKidd becomes her romantic lead. Kim and Kevin McKidd is um, domestic. He's, like, it's, like, abuse. Their relationship is, like, physically abusive. Oh. He has PTSD. What? What the fuck? That's real. I knew he looked like a villain. Yeah, he is. And people still like him because people are sad. And then um, also Kim Raver is his ex-wife. From Of course. Why is everyone... Stop marrying people in this goddamn hospital, all of you. Continue. She comes... She actually... She comes kind of as, like, that season's Addison to, like, get him back. Which is what... Why would anyone want him back? Yeah, that's That's, a good question, too. (laughs) I mean, I think Patrick Dempsey's a flop, but at least he wasn't an abusive flop, as far as I know. Patrick Dempsey was an emotionally abusive flop. Patrick Dempsey is garbage. Patrick Dempsey is one of my least favorite characters of all time. Yeah, I agree. Uh, and I don't really watch the show. He was already terrible from the episodes I saw. He was already a terrible. I mean, trying to cheat on his wife he, and everything. He, I disgusting. boosted him up after I found out he hated this episode of television. Yeah, that was a surprise. We'll get to that in the, in the end. But I was amazed by that. Um, I don't think anyone was proud of this episode of <laughs> Shonda Rhimes was. I think she was like, I had fun, personally, and it doesn't matter what happens, because I'm still going to be rich as fuck. I, I, got pe- I convinced people to be terrible enough to buy this soundtrack. Yeah. God. Yeah. yeah, she made the money. Yeah. Uh, so, so she... That's well, that's interesting, because that makes it a little more like... Because they, they kind of trade barbs in that way, where you're like... Clearly, this is supposed to be, like, a, a dig, but I, having not seen the show enough, I was just like, oh, okay. <laughs> like, that was a dig, but I don't really know why. Yeah, that's So why. that makes a little more sense. And so, there's another scene where uh, 
Callie's still in a coma, obviously, or mm-hmm. in an induced coma. And Arizona's Arizona talking to her. talks to her, and she's like, I feel like your wife and our baby's mom. Can you live for me? And then, of course, we get... The acting, I will say, comes. is actually better from her. Don't let Morris' reinterpretation <laughs> of Jessica Capshaw's line reading just deter yeah. you, because it's not like... Uh, it's not like I don't hate you level. Honestly, Capshaw... Jessica Capshaw is she's good the, at acting. Yeah, and Capshaw and Dane are the two, I think, best actual actors in this episode because they have the most actual weight to what they're talking mm-hmm. about. Everybody else becomes kind Yeah, of they like, don't just, just have like to rely characters. on the music to be their acting, pretty much. Or these, episode. like, minute-long scenes in between music. Like, it's not enough. Whereas they have, like, these little chunks of, like, actual, like, depth where the other people do not. I do feel like. strongly that Ellen Pompeo should at some point have gotten an Emmy for her work on Grey's Anatomy. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll let you believe All that. that cry- All that crying for nothing. But, uh, so... so no, he... she has some good moments. <laughs> <laughs> sure. So as they're, as they're talking, as Arizona is talking to Callie, KT and Tunstall's University U starts playing. It's oh, yeah, that's from season yeah. one. And that's when, uh... <laughs> Callie... See, you know, every time you say that, it's never any better, but I just... <laughs> I also, I, I let two that. go by where I knew where they were from. God, I hate it. How we operate is from the season two finale. You're terrible. This is where Callie's astral projection starts singing, and then Arizona is somehow harmonizing with that astral projection, which makes me just, I I can't. None of it makes sense. She starts, in the the process, though, she starts bleeding out. Like, Mm. something happens where they were doing, and she starts bleeding out, so they take her to surgery. And this is where, in my notes, I just write, this is dumb. (laughs) This is very dumb. This is where my notes just, like, devolve into, this is dumb. And then... It's like, I'll get through this, and then there's this, like, zen yeah, meditation on a gurney scene as she's being wheeled into the surgery room, or surgical lounge, or whatever. She is, like, literally doing, like, cross-legged on the gurney, like, meditating. It was so stupid. I don't understand why it happened. The song, the song Grace played, and Sarah Ramirez, Sarah Drew, and Kyler so Lee sang. Upset. It was upsetting on every level, because it's even worse, because oh, you're, okay, the ground's already gone. You already, everything's been wiped out from underneath you. And then they start seeing how to save a life. (laughs) And then, like, Mark Schwann's somewhere, and he's, like, having an aneurysm because he's like, I played that on my show first! That's a legit thing that Mark Schwann got angry about for One Tree Hill and Grey's Anatomy because they played How to Save a Life before on One Tree Hill, and then How to Save a Life was a big deal on Grey's Anatomy, and he had one of his, like... Well, passive aggressive rant about it. It's actually not that big of a deal on Grey's Anatomy because they didn't really use it in that important well, of an episode. But what happened is they used it in all the trailers. Yeah, it's not a big deal like within the episode, but like the cultural significance of the song, basically. Sure. Yeah. yeah. And Michaela silly. Watkins is in the episode that they played. Shut up, you're horrible. <laughs> but but yeah. it's also it's weird to me too because How to Save a Life on a very superficial level matches up with Grey's Anatomy. But when you actually listen to the lyrics, it has almost nothing to do with what's happening or the show. If you use your brain, then none of this makes sense. I mean, it already didn't make sense, but I'm like, they, they, they act like that's like the set piece ender of everything because it's like about medicine. I'm like, it's not. And it's also, not, it's a, yeah, also when uh, they're singing Grace, I put it in my notes like, I appreciate the fact they can sing, but honestly, at this point, I would just take the original songs over all of this. Please just make it yes. stop. Well, because they honestly, already. I think the reason they did this is because they already used all their favorite well, songs, and they had to find a way. <laughs> I know, but doesn't make it any less terrible. It, it's bizarre, and honestly, one of the weirdest things about all of it is that you'd think that for a show that's so good with music, they could at least like pick songs. I mean, obviously, they pick songs that were their favorite. Better arrangements, back, but... so they're not like complete covers that you're going to compare it the whole yeah. time. 
Just have different and they have had better. They've had better music that does fit medicine and and this basic plot twist as well. So if they really needed to reuse songs. Pick better songs. They picked like the least interesting and and relevant songs they could practically. Because How to Save a Life is just again very 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 faintly even about the idea of medicine. It's more about like I don't know like where did I go wrong? I watched yeah. this episode. That should be the damn lyric to the song. <laughs> like a breakup and like i don't know some kind of like a a relationship or whatever it's not this like it's not someone in a surgical suite trying to come back to life but they're just using it as a very watered down version of what it really is and but this is i mean i was just done at this can we talk about the premature baby oh god yeah that was well we're almost there wait one moment before though they're all also singing all of this wearing surgical masks. So it's it's like <laughs> it should be muffled. It should be muffled. Not, not just that. It's just like why bother? Why bother have them all be singing if you can't even see them like... singing? Like I think it was well because just... Ellen Pompeo only agreed to sing if you couldn't really Singer. tell for sure that it was her singing. <laughs> And it's also really awkward because, you know, for a show that has had all of these songs play before, why are you reliving them at a much less interesting and well-sung like, money. level? Like, money is yeah, the money. answer. It's definitely money. But, like, it just seems like you might as well just bring in... They'd be better off hiring a bunch of professional singers to come in and sing as, like, a chorus in between, like, scenes. <laughs> and, like, actually do a musical that way. That would have tracked with the way this show does. It's have, like, a musical chorus that shows up and sings those songs well. Instead, they have their actors sing them, and they're all middling at best. Like, Sarah, Sarah Ramirez is definitely the best singer, but even she only kind of sings when it's, like, a big, giant song. The rest of them are all just, like... Yeah, they can hold a honestly, tune, but they're not like amazing. Honestly, if we didn't know this was like a passion thing for Shonda, I would. I still think it's the only reason they made this episode was because Sarah Ramirez can sing. Honestly, yeah. I, I mean, I I would bet that's a huge portion, even though that wasn't. That's how allegedly she got hired on the show. ABC executives saw her in Spam a lot, and they were like, "What show do you want to be on?" And she was like, "Grey's Anatomy," and they were like, "Cool, here's a what cast position." <laughs> is, is that is that accurate? Because that's I believe that. I'm I'm 95% sure that that's true. What the fuck? So, do you have any facts to back that up? It was a magazine article I read. (laughs) Okay, I mean, as long as you actually saw that and you're not just talking out of your ass. Okay. No, it was either, like, an interview Sarah Ramirez did or an interview Shonda Rhimes did, or maybe it was on the Grey's Anatomy podcast that I used to listen to every single week when I was younger. (laughs) You make me... (laughs) Oh my god. But so, it's a premature baby. She's, it's like a really, really small little baby. And it's so fucking dark for a musical episode to have this as their final act. Because even though it's obviously not, like, it's I, I brought up other musicals that have very dark... Even, like, Scrubs. Scrubs yeah. is a, a happy musical, like, but it's also a dark The episode, in theory, show. is dark based on, like, the accident, like, the how big the accident baby. was. But, like, it's, the episode's also so fucking ridiculous that you don't even think about that, really. Until you, you see the baby. You don't need to see the baby either. Like, I don't want, I'm not trying to, like, you know, brush that under the rug, but, like, it feels, like, very unnecessary to have, like, a slow push-in on the baby. Like, it, it makes things so dark. It's just, like, and they're all singing in the background. Are you okay, Allie? Jesus Christ. It's just, like, Grey's Anatomy is such a production. And I yeah. just, I'm so interested in it. Oh, it's just God. hilarious. But so. God damn it. Arizona saves the baby because the baby is not breathing at this point. Because it's not just the pre—it's just not just a premature baby. It is 
a premature baby that cannot breathe. So it's like basically a dead baby. It's horrifying. And she has to basically, I guess, like do paddles on it or something. I forget what she even does, but she brings it back to life, more or less. And uh, that she's there with she's like she wants to operate on the baby, but even that's kind of a conflict of interest because they're not they're trying to save it and it's not working. And then she looks over at Mark and Mark gives her a little nod like it's okay to intervene. And so she steps in and then saves the baby's life. And then of course they get their little like like we we're a family like ah. Uh, Mark's like I I'm sorry. Yeah, which I appreciate. He, he really needed to say sorry. Honestly, he's yeah. being a real dick bag. <laughs> And then they're all, she has to wake up too, which is just... But she has a uh, hole in her heart. Everyone has a hole in their hearts. That's the show. <laughs> and so Meredith also gets this weird jealousy speech. Oh about- yeah, that's why she was uh, talking about the quote-unquote dumb baby shower before, because she's jealous of how easy it was for Callie to have a baby. Like, save <laughs> this for the episode after. Don't put this in the or episode Or just save itself. this if you want anyone to like you. Like, just... She literally just made it, the baby just made it through, and I don't think she's even necessarily alive yet. Like, she's still in a coma as they're leaving the hospital. So, like, maybe save a a speech about how petty and jealous you are to, like, you're sure she's okay, (laughs) because it just comes across as incredibly self-involved. But I feel like that's Meredith's MO, so I'm sure it's kind of par for the course. But, uh, so, the universe is incredibly screwed up at this point. That's what the conversation's about. She's like, everything's so weird. She's like, I just want to be good. And then the world... She's like, the world universe is so fucked up. Everything's going great. And then it puts you through a windshield. It's like, oh, God. And she's using, like, her friend's, like, serious accident as, like, a <laughs> motivator for her love life. It's just like, what are you talking about? <laughs> these assholes. And so that that goes on. And then all these lines across my face song happens by Brandy Carlisle. This is... I shazammed while I was watching this in self-loathing. The story. And, yeah, and so um, she starts singing oh, no, a love I song. I don't remember oh, what scene from Grey's Anatomy that's telling us. Oh, no. yeah, I actually said, this is the only, besides the fact that I keep saying Sarah Ramirez is a great singer, this is the only song that actually highlights her talent. The rest of yeah, it, there I- were terribly arranged covers. Yeah, and it's also strange for me because honestly, if you're gonna have her sing a love song. Maybe don't have her facing herself and basically like she's in love with herself because she's singing this love <laughs> she song is. about that's all what these that's lines about how and she's staring at her like like comatose body. It's just it's bizarre and she just is like oh. But then she of course then wakes up because she loves herself. No. And she's <laughs> yeah, it's because the episode's <laughs> all about how self-involved all of them are. Yeah. So yeah, and the, the final mode is her like choosing to love herself choose life, like, you know, wham style, and just wakes up, and Arizona's still at her side, and then she just looks over, she's like, I will marry you, it's like, wow! But uh, that's how it ends, but we also, during the montage of her telling herself how much she loves her, Jesse Williams uh, tells Sarah Drew, uh, no, I'm sorry, Kyler Lee, that he's not the type of guy who waits around for a girl, and honestly, he, basically that's what he does the whole episode, so you see he's not here, when everyone else is just sitting around, he's off, like, maybe actually doing work, I guess? Oh, how crazy. And then, then Kim Raver is absurd yeah. is that. <laughs> Kim Raver tells Christina, I can't teach you anymore. Dun dun dun. <laughs> but yeah, so marry her, so it's good. Yeah, and that's that's kind of it. That's it. It, it, it ends very abruptly. I think very shortly after this, Kyler Lee leaves Jesse Williams for Mark Sloan again. What? Who could in see what that world? coming? Honestly, there's no world in which anyone would ever leave Jesse Williams, but I think that a lot of... I could see, like, a fight if it was Eric Dane pre-allegedly, but honestly, no. (laughs) 
pre-allegedly. Yeah, I'm not even gonna say what the allegations are. Just, I'm just gonna right. skip to allegedly. Yeah, so I, I agree. It seems a little bit much, but who knows? That's bizarre. And so, so moving on from everything that we just watched, I mean, I wanted to bring up some, some brief little notes we have about, <laughs> like, the actual show at large, because there's a lot in the Wikipedia section about this, this entire show, and the episode itself, specifically. So, Shonda Rhimes, when they were interviewing her about doing this, she called it the opposite of Once More With Feeling, the all-out <laughs> show-stopping musical episode of Buffy. She you aimed to do it. something that was musical without being a musical she did it (laughs) she did did everything she set out to do but like why in the world would you say like this is the exact opposite of what's more of a feeling because that is like notoriously i mean love it or hate it probably one of the most successful versions of a musical on tv like let me make sure i make it the exact opposite of that i mean that's (laughs) just so shonda though like, she set out saying, like, in her, like, pre-airing of the episode interview, she was saying, it's gonna be just, like, the opposite of that. Which is, like, you know, that's no! Like that's show. the worst thing you can say. Yeah. You're I mean, setting yourself up for, like, everyone to be like, this fucking sucks. Yeah, and also, it also I would, I would probably imagine that a lot of the demo is the same people who watch that show. At least, like, you know, maybe 50% or something. It's not maybe everybody, but... You're going to get a ton of people who have seen that musical, and they're going to be like, well, if, if it's the opposite, I don't know if I'd even like it. But, and it was the opposite, and no one really liked it, so. But she also said, uh, Rhymes also said that she had difficulty getting the network's permission, and she, she says that she personally begged the studio people, I begged the network people, I took them all to dinner and begged. I jumped out at these people in bathrooms and begged. And they all smiled politely, but what they could clearly see they were thinking was, this woman is an idiot. Ron, Ron, Rhymes also explains why it took so long to produce the episode. So, it, it was clearly not something that anyone wanted to happen, but she, like, made sure it did. Which, I mean, on one level, I'm impressed. I'm, I'm, I'm impressed that she was able to do it, and good for her. But the follow-through does not hold up. Does it make that worth their time? It felt like that was just, like, her saying, here's how I fucked up. Like, this it feels like a behind-the-scenes, like, you know, true Hollywood story when she starts talking about, like, when her career started stalling. Although she's done nothing but better stuff since this, so... Yeah, I mean, she's a powerhouse. Yeah. She's, like, the only... Re- I mean, she's, she's just responsible for ABC. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I would agree. So, they, they, I mean, they might have given her this and, and regretted are you gonna it, do th- I don't regret much else. Are you gonna do the Patrick Dempsey quote? Yes, or do you want to, you can read it. If uh, I, I don't have it open right now, so okay. I figured... So Patrick Dempsey admitted the musical episode might not have been show, showrunner Shonda Rhimes' best idea. He explained, It's very difficult to keep it fresh when you've been doing 24 episodes a year. Shonda Rhimes has a lot of ideas, and she's in a position where she can take a lot more chances. She Sometimes that works, sometimes it does not. Last year, we had a singing episode, which I think was a big mistake, but you have to try. It's like, damn, you Patrick Dempsey, tell us how you really feel. Like, that was incredibly... <laughs> he was still working on the show when he said this, I think, too. Like, what in the world are you doing? It just knocked him up a peg turn. or two for me, honestly. That helped, that helped me a lot. It is impressive that he would actually go out of his way to say that much about it. Not just, like, it might have been a bad idea. He, like, goes into depth about, like, exactly why it was a bad idea. But he's not wrong, too. I think that they're doing 24 episodes. She's trying to take some chances. I think it's a really accurate depiction of what went down, is that she tried something very, very out there, and she didn't really accomplish it. Like, in theory, this isn't even that bad of an idea, is having, you know, already established songs from the show itself be sung by the, the cast. But it just, it was not well done. I don't know what it was about it. It feels like, 
maybe it's partly like the plot of the episode it was not good it didn't really match well yeah it maybe shouldn't have been such a integral part of the show like to have a main character in a coma with a baby dying be yeah. your background it should have been some like completely un unattached just a bunch of random like like uh, the thing about scrubs is that i think they have a lot of like random cases that episode that have to do with musical stuff like it's not just the one big giant it was again smart in scrubs to have it yeah. be a character that wasn't a main cast member yeah it, it was and that it was being seen through that person's eyes. So again, there were established rules which do not exist in this terrible episode of television. Yeah, and and regardless, I mean, obviously Buffy used supernatural elements of it, and there has been other like X Files did an episode, a ton of people, and The Simpsons have done many episodes. So like, there are definitely like musical episodes that are better and worse, and all that kind of stuff in between. Seventh I think Star Trek, Seventh Heaven, Star Trek, all that stuff, which also so still has rules though. Yeah, they all tend to have some kind of an explanation of why it's happening, and then um, even if there's no real explanation to it, there's usually rules in the sense that, like, people don't remember it the next day, but this is, like, not, you can't just forget this stuff happened. Like, even though it's a really ridiculous situation where she's, like, you know, astral projecting and watching everything happen, but, like, the next episode, she's got a baby now, so that happened. They can't just write that off as some weird trip down, like, a, you know, out there universe, you know? It's not... They needed to make it a little less high stakes, because now it's become something you can't really... You can't skip this episode, even if you don't want to watch a musical. That's the one I'm trying to... I, even, like, Buffy, which has a huge element where, obviously, Buffy and Spike kiss at the end of it, and there's a couple other things that happen where I think they decide that that uh, Giles is going to leave. Like, there's major plot points that happen, but you could technically watch the episode and then not really watch, like, the whole... You know what I'm saying? Like, you need to have less of it be integral to the entire season at large, which this episode very much was. It was too serious, to be honest. That's part of it. It was a very serious episode for a show that does not need an extra helping of doing that, because they do <laughs> fine on being serious every other time. From what I imagine, it's not it's not something new and interesting. It's just, like, more of the same. But, you know. So, so, so Ali, do you have anything else that we didn't go over? I know we, we brought up some of our notes, but... Um, even no, I mean, this is, like, on, I, I find this to be one of the most, and one of the most, like, one of the most horrible and one of the most, like, hilariously <laughs> enjoyable episodes of Grey's Anatomy. It is hilarious. I will give it that. I, will not, gi- I will not give it that. I was laughing at it, though. I wasn't, like, laughing amused. I was I in mean, pain. I watched this originally with someone who loves Grey's Anatomy. Mm-hmm. Watching it by myself. I also, I watched it by myself at an outdoor coffee shop where I was, where my computer was facing the sidewalk. <laughs> and well, so, so you're I, telling us you're a brave person, basically. <laughs> Why so a lot of things? people walked past me, and I was sitting next to, like, two older ladies and someone doing work. Mm-hmm. And so I felt very judged. So this time <laughs> wasn't really an enjoyable e- episode. Good, good. You deserve true. that. It was never no. enjoyable for me either time. So but, did you? The first time you watched it, you did you watch it just because you wanted to see what it's like? Because you said you stopped around season five. Yeah, I watched it because um, Aaron, my friend Aaron, was talking about the episode because she had just gotten to the episode and her, like, she also rewatched the. Yeah, but she had never made it to the musical episode before, and so she made it, and then she was telling me about it, and then we watched it together. the worst finish line I've ever heard of, but yeah. Yeah. 
and it was enjoyable to watch with her, but it's certainly not enjoyable <laughs> to watch by yourself. It's not. Yeah. Especially well, not to watch I'm... live when it first aired. That's the least enjoyable thing in the entire world. Yeah, I can't imagine. It must have been really sad to watch this as a fan of the show, like, live, too, because I feel like it was definitely a disappointment to most people that watch it, even if you were super obsessed with Grey's Anatomy. Like, it just was not a great follow-through. There are probably people who definitely are in love with it, but the critical response tends to be, this was not great. Like, it kind of flubbed. Yeah. So, it must be very awkward to watch, like, psyched for the musical episode, and then it's just not great. <laughs> but I'm sure everything surrounding it, they still enjoyed, because most people that like Grey's Anatomy past, like, season six are just like Grey's Anatomy. They, they don't really care what happens. They could be the worst plot in the world, they're still just going to keep watching it because it's Grey's Anatomy. Yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> so, on that... Okay, I have final uh, words. <laughs> You yes, please. Me for my final words. words. Oh, I thought we had the Patrick Dempsey thing. So, go ahead. No, my final words, first of all, was yes, I did watch this episode live. That was my first viewing of this episode. It Wait, was... what? Yeah. Why? Because I wanted to see what the fucking Grammy oh. musical would be. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> well, you'd never seen anything else of all the episodes. But I, I had seen other stuff because, I, like I said, I oh. saw the backdoor pilot for Private Practice, and I'd seen another random episode, too. And each oh, time okay. I seen the show, it was like, this is garbage. And the yeah. musical pretty much confirmed that. I also wanted to just let you know that uh, the Seventh Heaven musical was written by Martha Plimpton in her only screenwriting <gasps> credit. Yep. What? Her only screenwriting credit. I what? love Martha Plimpton. <laughs> that is... I'm, like, speechless. I don't know what to say. That's the truth. Uh, <laughs> is that a good episode? No. no it's worse it's than this. It's appalling. Wow. Because at, le- at least this has people who can sing on it. Seventh Heaven's episode does not. <laughs> no, not even slightly. Oh my god. Gee, I'm... I don't know what to sound like. Absolutely speechless. <laughs> god. Well, I mean... I like how we ended on a very grim note as well as the episode did. <laughs> very dark. But, uh, alright. Well, if we don't have anything else, we can move on to plug. So, what's up with you, LaToya? I don't want to plug this episode. No. I'm taking off life support. Uh, I hate you. <laughs> I will plug, I guess, you can find me on the Twitter, at LaFergs. You can find my writing on AB Club and other places. I will plug um, just uh, you going to the, the scene where Kyler Lee says, I don't hate you, because it needs to be seen That's to be believed. That's crazy. It yeah. needs to be seen to be believed. I bet you could. I'll see if I can find it on YouTube. If you can't find it, just watch Not Another Teen Movie. Yeah, well, that's always a better option for most, <laughs> most things. All right, well, awesome. And what's up with you, Allie? Uh, you know, not a lot. I, <laughs> I'm at Monroe Alley. Um, I'll probably have a indie improv show in Los Angeles. <laughs> awesome. Um, and I'll, I don't know, you know, <laughs> watch, stay tuned for 2015 when the X-Files comes back. 2016? 15? Isn't it 15? 15? I don't know. Yet. I feel like it has to be 2016. We in 20, we're in 2015. We are in 2015. <laughs> oh my god, you get, you fucked up your plugs. Spoiler alert, Allie, it's 2015. <laughs> She's literally in 2014. Said, she was really into 2014. You literally just said, is it 2015? <laughs> but I guess maybe you meant it. But yeah, so X-Files 2015, that's going to be great. That's very true. If it doesn't air this this fall, I'm assuming it'll be the following January. But, uh, so I think it actually that. might come out in 2015, and I just thought it was a year away. 
Oh my god, you know what? Actually, I do have a plug. I have a plug for the season finale of Mad Men. All right, well, stay tuned for that, too. That's going to be a Do you mean the series finale of Mad Men, or is there going to be more? (laughs) Allie, are you working on, like, a backdoor pilot into a (laughs) All about Pete Campbell You you, want to try to plug again? You want to try another plug? (laughs) Not great, Bob, series. (laughs) (laughs) There was supposed to be a backdoor pilot for a Peggy Olsen show that they didn't make, which is Mm, one of the saddest things I've ever heard in my whole life. I'm fine with that. And I'm really sad about it. The series <laughs> the series finale is coming out on my birthday. Oh, I just awesome. want everyone to know. <laughs> so that is a real plug. I, I'm going to intentionally forget that just so I can forget your birthday. Oh, clean. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you, Allie. And as- no, actually, I'll, I'll, I'll celebrate the birthday of uh, you in 2014. <laughs> You're a monster. <laughs> she deserves it. And then, as always, I am at RE on Twitter. Next week's Hangout Mr. Cooper will be The Hangover Part 3. Finally done with that series! Hooray! Oh my god. Yeah, and I'm not looking forward. I've actually never seen that one, so this will be a new new one. I've, I've avoided that one because the second one was already terrible enough. But So stay tuned for that on Wednesday. Um, and then next episode of this podcast will be Friday Night Lights, Season 2, Episode 9, The Confession. A.K.A. that time Tyra and Landry killed a guy and then talk about it afterwards. So stay tuned for that. That's going to be great. Uh, and um, and until then, you can find us on uh, Twitter at the Televoy. You can email us at thetelevoy at gmail.com. You can rate, subscribe, review us on iTunes, and like us on Facebook. And in general, thank you for I don't hate you. 